evening. Good evening. Nice to see everyone. Okay, this morning, uh, when we gathered to sing and pray, uh, we sang an old hymn, and one of the lines in it was, um, I think it says, we should never be discouraged. And I kind of chuckled inside, because much easier said than done, huh? Um, it says, you know, we should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer as if it's the simplest thing in the world. And um, <clears throat> that the line actually ran through my head all day. Because the truth is, simple or not, simple sounding or not, difficult to actually do or not, the truth is, um, whatever, the, whatever the issue Whatever the battle, whatever the struggle, when we lift our hearts, the, the scripture says, when you li lift your hearts in your hands, lift your hearts in your hands to the God in the heaven. And um, it does have a way of banishing discouragement. And um, there's a line in Hebrews that says, wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. And that's how we make straight paths for our feet to walk. But it takes that initial Discouraged or not, defeated or not, down or not, I'm going to lift up my hands. And that's when the strength of the Lord comes in, and there are straight paths made for our feet. So, let's sing. We turn to Psalm 130. Sometimes you speak out of a place of victory and sometimes you speak out of a place of need. Tonight it will be the latter. This says, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice, and let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, should mark iniquities, who should stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Can you say that for yourself? Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all of his iniquities. I love this passage. It's packed with pretty much everything I want to say tonight. It introduces it, it hits the main point, and then it closes out with the greatest promise of mercy. I have found a growing need in myself to be able to wait upon the Lord. And I want to speak on that more of a, a state of being than as an activity. What does it mean for your soul to wait for the Lord? I read this a few weeks ago and my first thought was, do I wait for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning? And my answer to myself was, not remotely. 
I started thinking about how much need I have in the, in the land of patience. Waiting for the Lord. My soul doth wait for the Lord. It is absolutely critical to have a soul that can wait for the Lord. When I think about myself, when I think about most of the gifting at this place in particular, which I'm very thankful for, patience, patience doesn't come to the top of the heap, you know, it's, which is fine. You know, I, I mean, <clears throat> making, a, making a good assault has been more, you know, and, and, uh, but to be patient, I, just, I, have, I have found as I've been digging into this more, a great need to have a soul that can be still, that can be patient. Everything about this world, everything about the economy, everything about what is around us goes against the grain of being able to have a soul that is at peace to wait upon the Lord. Everything about the American, about the globe, wants things to happen now. Get it done, get it done faster, find out how to make a machine do it faster. There is so much need for a soul that can really wait upon the Lord. And I wrote here, waiting on God is a matter of resigning your own expectations and yielding to the work of the Spirit. Yielding is such a huge part of being able to wait. Because as we know, as we have rehearsed and rehearsed, we are not to be performing something, but we are to be yielding to the work of the Spirit. And yielding is a tough thing to do. It sounds like such a nice just yielding. It sounds so much nicer than... A lot of other words, you know, like affliction and everything, you know, yielding. Yielding is nearly impossible for the way that we came wired. I'll just speak for myself. It is not, you don't come out just wired to yield. We'll just start with that. It's a matter of trust, giving up control, giving up your own solutions, giving up your anxious fears, and coming to fully trust that he has your good in mind. There's no real growth in Christ without this patient condition of the trusting heart. That is what I know that I need, a patient condition of a trusting heart. You know, there's so much uh, that is said about trust through the Scripture, and as Brother Bill said, it is the, it is the central part of faith, and I, and I love that because that really is, it's almost a more digestible word than, than faith. But trust is at the core of that. If you really don't trust that the Lord has your good in mind more than you can do for yourself, you will not find yourself in a place of patiently waiting for Him. You will put your hand to the matter every time. I mean, and it starts at 6 o'clock every morning. And it just grows during the day depending on what you find yourself with. I mean, I've been, the Lord has been just bludgeoning me with this for the last month probably. And I'd like to tell you that it is just, I've just been getting it wrapped up. I have been applying it during the day. Work has been going great. Peace has just been reigning. It's been a great award <laughs> since the day that I started studying about it because it just has been revealed to me every, at every turn. I actually have a controlling heart. I like to control the situation. I mean, patience just doesn't come bursting forth when the door is open. You know, putting your hand to control things. I mean... There's just there's nothing about this world that isn't that isn't geared towards us wanting to fix things, wanting to change things. And I love how I mean this this uh, scripture here. I wait for the Lord; my soul doth wait, and in His word do I hope. 
you know, this is, David says a lot of things, like my soul has been like a weaned child. And I thought to myself, has my soul been like a weaned child? No, it has not, you know. It has not been like a weaned child. This, these are, this is what the Lord is bringing us to, though. This is the place where it's been at. And, uh, you know, I think you have to be honest with yourself, as we've talked about. Uh, it's interesting how much peace has come up in the last uh, couple of weeks here. Just the theme of peace, and I think Brother Bill has, has uh, highlighted that. Because it is, it is uh, mixed with trust, mixed with yielding. There, there really is no peace if you find yourself in the business of wanting to control right. what is going on. Right. The Lord is going to be faithful to make sure you are not found in the land of peace. And it isn't that you just sit back and retire. I thought Brother David did an excellent job of defining what it means to earnestly contend. Finding a place of yielding takes an earnest contention to find that place. It is not a passive place. It is a place of, of offering yourself actively. Offering is an active thing. And offering is not a thing of coming up with what you want to do and coming up with your solutions. Offering is an active place of yielding. Lord, I already see the day has some, has some forecast of maybe not going the way that I wanted it to go. The job is maybe running behind... I mean, it has just been humorous, the things that have fallen on my plate since I've been reading this. It's like the Lord is just, he wants me to get it. You know, uh, if you consider the patience of God towards you, towards me, the scale of patience, I mean, man, I am thankful for a patient God. If I, if I was grading myself on lessons, lessons repeated and repeated, you know, I would have been dismissed. I've dismissed myself from this from this particular class as a failure. <laughs> Taken this course 52 times and has failed. Dismissed <laughs> for a lower lesson, I don't know. Talk about a long-suffering God. I mean, we, we have a God, the only way that peace is available to us is because we have a God whose very nature is long-suffering. If you took long-suffering and mercy out of the picture, this is why it says, who could stand? <laughs> if that would have mark iniquities, who could stand? Nobody. Nobody could stand, none of us. <laughs> but we have a God who doesn't mark iniquities. Are you thankful for that? Yeah. Oh, my word. We have a God that says His mercies are new every morning. And I've come to realize that they're new every morning because I need them to be renewed every morning. <laughs> Yesterday, I fell short, and the day before, I fell short. Thank the Lord His mercies are, are already aware of the fact that I'm going to arrive on the scene having fallen short. <laughs> I'm going to wake up uh, with on the short end of a patient soul this morning. <laughs> I'm going to wake up until I get a hold of the Spirit with a soul that wants to make things happen just right, wants the job to go right, wants things to happen. And the Lord knows that He's going to put things in my way that are truly intended to have a patient soul. Um, I'd like to look at, at another passage that, that uh, relates to this. And David, you know, you look at David, he was a man that... <clears throat> Patience is not what I would say. You know, David, Peter, the Lord calls a lot of people that they're not passive. They are, they're ready to move when the Lord says go. But there's just a, there's a breaking that takes place. I mean, look at Saul. Saul. Saul came out, I think he was probably like David as a kid, ready to roll. I mean, Saul strikes me as a kid of just probably one of the worst types that just was getting into trouble all the time, but fully committed. You know, you find that Saul, he isn't going on a, you know, a lope when he's on his way to go find more Christians, you know. He is, he is 
headed out in strong and strong array. I mean, you look at David. David puts himself, he was ready to go after a lot of things, you know, and he's willing to speak up, you know, runs right in there. You know, I took out a line and a bear. I mean, there's just, the Lord deals with these people, but what you see is you see a process of breaking, of totally uh, creating a, a vessel that is fully dependent on the Lord. And that's an incredible thing. You look at Samuel, Saul, David, these people, Peter. At the end, you find that the Lord, in His way, is able to take this vessel and turn them into one that realizes, if I'm not fully dependent on the Lord, if I'm not waiting upon the Lord for direction, if I'm not yielded, I'm going to mess this thing up just like I did 52 times before. Turn to, I think it's in Samuel here. I just want to read. This is a great story that we know. 2 Samuel 5. This is a scripture that makes me think of uh, Tom Blome, actually, but it kept coming to mind. If you look at the soul left to itself, and you just... We were recently working on a bid with a large company... um, for a project here on base, a really large project, the largest project we've ever worked on. And, you know, contracting is not really a kingdom of patient, kind, yielding people. Contracting is get out, get out first, get out fast, be smarter, be trickier, and stay as sharp as a tack or you will be sliced out of the game. I mean, there is nothing. It is just a cutthroat world. It's kind of funny what the Lord has us into, you know, contracting, sales. I mean, these are, these are things that are not, you know. Anyway, it's good to reveal what's in our hearts. But I was just thinking about, you know, there, we're working with some very driven guys. You know, people come to the table and there are some driven people getting things done in this world that are working very hard, very hard that, that, to be diligent, you know. And, you know, it's like, in none of these discussions, and it would be, of course, outrageously humorous if it did, but, you know, there's, there's no stopping to pray about what might be taking place for a contract. You know, there's no, there's no pausing to think that you might not know what needs to be done. You know, the experience rules, right? And, and there's some very experienced contractors, but it was, just, it was just humorous to me, just the level of confidence of a contractor that's done, you know, a couple of $200 million contracts with the government and is up one of four qualified to do this. I mean, they just, they just walk in and they're just talking strong and big and confident. I mean, you, and you have to, you know, you want to get the job of the government, you don't come in second guessing yourself and, you know, we might be able to do this. We think we could qualify. No, you're ramrodding it as we're overqualified. This is no big deal. We'll beat your schedule. We'll beat your budget. We have the team. Here's the certs. You know, I mean, contracting is to, to get in there. You've got to be confident. If you want to sell something, you've got to get out there and be confident. I've got the best product. I've got the best price. Things don't happen without just naturally overselling what is there. And against all of that, God, in the backdrop of what he is doing, he's wanting to work with people that have at at a very present awareness the fact that we don't have a clue what's going on. I don't have a clue what I need. I don't have a clue how to get what I think I want. I don't even know what's good for me. And unless you're persuaded of that, you're going to keep trying over and over again. We just come out that way. There's little kids. I mean, we were watching some videos of last night <laughs> looking for grab, just outrageously humorous. Just some of the little videos of the girls, just how, you know, just how outspoken and confident they were anyway. We'll save the stories because, but I don't know, maybe I'll think of a good one. But 
There's nothing about us that just comes out uncertain of what we would like to see happen to ourselves. It is, it is a lifetime of realizing, you know what? What I've chosen for myself when I haven't actually yielded the Spirit hasn't brought good fruit. It hasn't brought growth. Lord, thank you for being patient with me. I'd like to, I'd like to next time stop a little sooner and say, Lord, what do you have for me here? What do you have that's, that I need to be doing? And this is, a, this is just a great little story of David going out to war because it just, you never know what you're supposed to be doing. This is 2 Samuel 5. And starting in 17, uh, it says, and, and David has had a lot of good battles by this time. David is not a green warrior. He knows what's going on. He makes pretty good decisions. He's anointed for what he's doing. He's obviously gifted for what he's doing. But it says, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David. And David heard of it and went down to the hold. And the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David ran out to battle. No, this is what it says. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into my hand? You're getting a picture of a guy at this stage that is realizing, I'd like to know what the Lord has for me that is going to happen here. It just, I mean, and either you have that check, you have an awareness of, okay, Christ within has a, the Lord is, is working towards growth, and this is, this is less of me and more of him. That's, what's, that's the game. Less of me, more of him. Or you're just working towards the growth of your own person, your own gifting. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David smote them there, and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place, Baal Perazim. And there they left their images, and David and his men burned them. And here's another time. And David came up against the Philistines yet again, and they spread themselves before him in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up. This is the same place, the same enemy, but a totally different type of instructions. Thou shalt not go up. Oh, it sounds like it was a good thing that David checked in this time, you know? Didn't just run out on his normal Tuesday run to do what he always does in the tradition of life. I'll go do what I did last time, you know? Thou shalt not go up, but thou shalt fetch a compass behind them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees and let it be when thou hearest the sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees. Oh yeah, who had this idea? I mean, this is just out of the box, you know? This is, this is what makes me think of Tom Blum. I'll never forget him reading this, right? Remember this? The sound of going, he went on about that for a little while. It was fantastic. But anyway, here's the Lord with the plan that's going to work. And David would have been just, you know what? He would have been just a normal, ignorant human, and he would have gotten slaughtered. I mean, that's just, you know, pretty simple. That thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. You know, when you actually have a soul and a heart that is yielded to the work of the Lord, what happens is that the Lord works on your behalf. That's a lot greater than you striving and wondering, why isn't the Lord with me? Lord, be with me. <laughs> I'm going to go do this thing. Are you giving me help? It's very different than saying, Lord, am I on track with what you're doing? I'd like to be involved in what you're doing because when I'm on track with what you're doing, then you do it for me. And that is what <laughs> yielding is all about. That, yeah, that is, and the easy way is hard to, to understand, but that is, the, that is the easy way, it is the only way. And David did so as the Lord had commanded him, 
and smote the Philistines from Geba unto, unto Gezer. Anyway, control is hard to give up. It is, it is hard to step back. And I just find myself throughout the day realizing, Lord, I want, I've got to grow up into a place where there is, it is a condition. It's not like a, it's not like a calendar or to-do list. It's a condition of a heart that is just checked by the Lord. It's, you know, this is what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is an understanding that you need to be directed by God and you don't know the way to take. And there's a massive difference of someone that has the fear of the Lord governing their life and someone that doesn't. You're just going to stumble in and take another beating if you don't have the fear of the Lord watching over you. And that's fine. As Brother Bill said, the Lord knows where to find you. You know, but what I found is I don't want to get all the lessons that the people that took the long road took. I'd like to learn from them a little bit, you know. Jonah... I'm glad that Jonah came out on the beach, but I wouldn't like every time I go out to get thrown overboard, swallowed by the whale again, you know, been here, done that, here I am again. It's like, how slow can I be? You know, there's a better way to take, you know? I mean, this is, do I need to be knocked off my horse and blinded for three days every time? No, there should be a growing, there should be a turning. Lord, I've been here before, and you know, the last time I didn't have a yielded heart and things did not go well, you know? I got upset, I got anxious, I wanted to blame the people around me, you know, whatever. I wasn't patient with myself. I wasn't patient with those around me. It just, it comes out when there isn't a governance of the Spirit of God in my life to be in a condition where the Spirit is able to direct me. That's as simple as I can say it. It's got to be a condition. There has to be a growing into a condition where the Spirit of God doesn't need a hammer or a lightning strike or a whale to redirect me. No, Lord you know what? The hand, the heart of the king in the hand is as rivers of water. He directeth it whithersoever he wants. That, that's when growth happens. And the few times that I've done that, boy, I know it a little bit about what peace is about. I know a little bit about what not having stress is about. And I say, thank you, Lord, for rescuing me from where I would have been. It's just, there's a huge difference of striving and striving to control something versus, Lord, what do you have for me in this? I can, I can see what's coming this week already. I don't like it. I don't like what's coming on the schedule. You know, I see, I can see what's happening here and I, and I want to avoid the situation. Lord, how am I supposed to walk through this? I want to have your wisdom for how I'm to be. It's such a difference to have that revealed unto you. And you know, there's times where you can see people in the same situation one, one under the direction of the Spirit. Maybe you're the guy. Maybe I'm the guy that isn't. And you are stressed out and you're anxious wanting to change something. And someone else is with you in the situation. And they look like they have peace in their heart. They're living in a different place. That's a place that I want to be found in. I need to be in that place more than the place of control. I, kept, I was thinking, you know, <clears throat> reading the news isn't always great. But just, you know, keeping up with, with um, what's happening in, in Ukraine is just... Incredible, you know, and, and um, but, you know, there's, there's, you know, the kids keep asking, you know, why does Putin want to do this, you know, and it's like, you know, there isn't anybody in this world that doesn't want more. It doesn't matter how much you have. You're just, you just want more, you know. If you look at Russia, it looks kind of big enough to me for a guy, you know. Happens to be the largest country in the world by like three times, you know. A lot of natural resources, but, you know, once more. There, the, the heart that is separated from God is just, it's just evil and dark to the uttermost. <clears throat> That's all to be said of it. It isn't going to find a place of peace. It's going to want to conquer and rule and be stronger and win all the time. It's going to want to be, you know, the destructive winning contractor all the time, whatever. You know, there's, there's no gauging of it. But 
If you think about the way that just the economy, the, even the American economy, you know, the things that win are the things that are the fastest, that require the least patience. You know, I mean, even the ads have to get short to get your attention. You know, the, atten the American attention span has gotten down to like a six-month-old baby. It's incredible. Like, you know, like it's, yeah, I mean, it's got to grab you, you know, and, and you think about like, someone asked me for giving a fax number the other day, and I was like, are you serious? You know, like, that takes hours to do a fax. I'm like, you think about just what happens that's faster that go, you know, it's got to be, things have got to be done just, you know. And I was, uh, I took a look at Amazon because Amazon, of course, is the success story, of, you know, that everybody would like to. And no one likes Bezos, but we all like the service. Um, you're welcome to shop somewhere else if you want to get something next month. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was laughing because of how much I dislike what he's done, but how much I like his service. <laughs> you know? yeah. Don't cut me out of the list so fast. Um, anyway, <clears throat> I read here, I was reading about Amazon. It took Amazon 13 years to reach its first 100 million subscribers to Prime, not just Amazon as a whole, but just to Prime. It took them 13 years to reach the first 100 million subscribers. 100 million is a number that is, you know, hard to wrap your head around. <clears throat> Then it took only three more years to add its next 100 million subscribers. <laughs> You're talking about a trajectory. I mean, what happened is the American was like, I really enjoy just clicking my mouse and items arriving at my door as fast. I mean, we're in interior Alaska, and sometimes I order things and they're there the next day. What are, are people standing on the highway with my item up by North Pole? This is incredible. I, I mean, really, this is, this is craziness. I mean, it is, you know, it is outrageous. The service is amazing. You know, I'm never disappointed by faster service. I've got to tell you, I'm never like, man, I wish that took more time. Faster is better, yeah. Take your time. I'll take it next week. You know, the shipping options. I think I'll take the slow one. I don't know. It's just, you know, the offer. You want it faster. Faster is better. This is just incredible. <clears throat> Subscription service revenue, which includes Prime memberships. This is last year. <clears throat> came in at 7 billion dollars during the first quarter. These numbers just to me were blowing me away. I, I mean, you know that, that Bezos is, is, is big, but I mean, <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> at the standard prime subscription rate <clears throat> of 119 a year, annual revenue from the program, this is just the prime program, <clears throat> would translate into a revenue of $23.8 billion. <laughs> it's just astounding to me. The point of the story is that if you can give fast service in this, in this world, you're going to be king <laughs> because nobody wants to wait around. Faster is better. In a survey of U.S. shoppers, <clears throat> it found Prime memberships, Prime members, man, this is just, again, Prime members. If you're not a Prime member, you should leave. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, it's incredible we order for contracting on Prime. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Jeff Bezos does better than Ferguson and Spinards, and, and Kevin doesn't even have to go there and get it. The U.S. Post Service goes there. You know, it's fantastic. Um, found his Prime members spent $1,968 per year on Amazon on, Amazon on average. With 148.6 million Prime members this last year, the revenue in 2021 was $469.8 billion. Just astounding. Uh, anyway, you know, it doesn't take long to figure out that, that, you know, 
We want things to happen fast. <clears throat> but in the economy of God, the, the work that lasts, everything of eternal value, it does not happen like that. It happens over time. And we have a God that is willing to work with us over whatever time it takes. Whatever time we, it takes and however many times it takes. My testimony of God has been, you know, Gabe, you blew it last week, week 755, but I'm actually going to meet you today with another opportunity to get this in your feet. That's incredible to me. Who, who else does that? There's just, I don't even have the patience for myself like that. You know, and I found that the lack of patience that propagates out to others is generally because I don't have the patience for myself. You have to have patience for yourself in the areas where you have been unable to conquer. You have to have patience to take a hold of God's hand to work through the game with you. Checking yourself out is the worst option. What is said of all the people that came through the wilderness, and when you read the testimony of the crazy things that happened to them, even their shoes not wearing out for 40 years, which is just insane, it just said that they didn't believe that he could take care of them. That's the testimony, is an unbelieving heart. Yeah. Unbelief to me is the worst, most insidious thing that wages war against a heart that actually trusts the king that has your good in mind. There's nothing worse than unbelief. There's a lot of other bad things, but unbelief wipes you out of all the help that is available. We know that we have... A, a, a life within, we have, we have rehearsed, this, rehearsed this enough that I think all of us know, we could all say, there is no lack to the life that is available to Christ within. There is just me making myself available to avail myself of that help. That's the problem. The problem is me not putting my hand to the wrong thing or not being engaged with the Spirit enough to say, Lord, I know that today I feel totally overwhelmed. I, I appreciate what... What Verna said, you know, the discouragement. There should be no room for discouragement, but there is. Well, what is at issue? What is at issue is I'm still trying to put my hand to something. I still have a soul that I'm, is trying to control what's going on and is not yielded to the work of the Spirit that is not only just enough to get me through the day, but that is super abundant. There's, there's mercy and help that is beyond what I need. I even know these things, and I have to stop and say, Lord, thank you for reminding me that... Anxiety doesn't need to be my portion right now. These things have happened on the job today. I've seen this, this loss that I don't, whatever. I, I've seen this area with my heart or what I'm doing with my kids that I haven't been able to fix. Lord, you know, you're at work. I'm not going to disengage myself from the program because you're at work. Don't disengage yourself from what the Lord is involved in before the time. Because what I found is that everything that lasts looks along the way like it's the worst possible path that could be taken. It generally takes the most time. It, it's painful. But we do have a God that engineers things for our good. You have, to, you have to believe that. Turn to Isaiah 30. This is really funny. We, we walked in and there was a song list over there. Um... And I look down, I've been thinking about this waiting thing anyway. <clears throat> the first song was It Is Well, and I thought, that's a, that's a good song to sing. I know that song. The next one was Down by the River. And I thought, I don't know. I know about, you know, Waiting by the River. And I thought, <clears throat> maybe that's a different one. But then the last song was The Way You Look Tonight. 
It was at that point that I realized this is probably not a worship song list. I don't know where it came from, but I don't know. That one was... <clears throat> I know that we could turn that, you know, in the walk we took and we, we, we redeemed a lot of the songs. You know, like we took, the, we took the rock themes and redeemed those things, which, you know, it, that must have been a lot of fun, actually. I think, I think Mark Stanzo sang a couple of those for us. But um, the fact is, waiting by the river, down by the river, which is what made me think of this, is... It is somewhat humorous that <clears throat> we're going to come to summer again and find ourselves <laughs> waiting down by the river where we cross. And I will tell you that I have sung with all honesty of heart, if you don't come to my rescue, Lord, I'll be lost right here. I'll lose it waiting down here at the river. <clears throat> so whoever wrote that song must have known about Waystone. Anyway, <clears throat> in Isaiah 30, <clears throat> it says, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning... And rest shall ye be saved, and quietness and confidence shall be your strength, and ye would not. You know, this is when I find myself having lost my peace, I can almost hear the Lord rehearsing this passage. You know, Gabe, but you would not. It was there, it was available, you know. If you step back and say, Okay, Lord, what do you have for me in this situation? I want to have a soul that is waiting upon you. What do you have? But you said, no, for we will flee upon horses. And you know, this is what happens when you make those decisions. Therefore shall ye flee. <laughs> no, we will ride upon the swift. Therefore shall they that pursue you be swift. You know, the harder you try in these things to do it your way and to control it, the worse it gets. You know, I mean, this is just the way. And I have to say, thank you, Lord, that you reveal it to me that way, that you reveal to me this is what's going to be my portion if I want to do it this way. <laughs> we have a couple of twins, and they each, they each responded differently to different punishments. One of the videos, one of our twin girls really loved getting spankings because they were just quick. Quick and painful, bam, back to business. You know what I mean? Just, it was like, yes. Sitting in the corner was the worst. It was just like, I'm stuck here. You know what I mean? So I won't name any names of either of them, but... One of them, the spanking, was just the worst thing. Even, be, you know, the thought of it was... But the other one, it was like, yes, that is the fast way. We will take this, bring it on, and we are back to business. <laughs> I'm back to playing. Just don't stick me in that chair in the corner to sit. That is not good. Anyway, I don't know where they got it from. I think it was from Megan, actually. She's really impatient. And here's the promise. <clears throat> And therefore, and this is, we have heard this, I think, I think actually Brother Bill uses this for a wedding uh, sometime, but it says, and therefore will the Lord wait. That he might be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. This is the program. Judgment doesn't look so good most of the time. But you know there is a reason that it says run to judgment. There's a reason that it says that judgment needs to be in the house first. <clears throat> because if you don't get that, you miss out and you're left with you. That is what happens. I have to say looking back, there isn't one of the painful things I've been through <clears throat> that I would now not go through 
I would have voted them off at the time. I wouldn't like to have too many more, but I can see those are the greatest times of the mercy of God to slow me down, to almost just hold me down in a place where I just can't get out of what I'm stuck in before I say, Lord, you're the one I'm running into here. What do I need? And this is how the Lord waits. Therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. I love that. This is the God that we have. We have a God that is long-suffering. We have a God that knows that he deals with people that want things so fast that Amazon is the only solution. We have a God that knows that we have messed it up a number of times, but we have a God that knows that he, you are the one that made us, right? This is, this is what the psalmist says. You, you know, you yourself has made us. <laughs> we are your people. You know, we have a God that knows what we need because he made us. This is, a, this is a T. Austin Sparks. We are heading for a close, so listen carefully. <clears throat> but, and talk about waiting, because it says, the Lord is not just waiting for a time. Something about the human, you're always looking for something, a, you know, an end date. As a kid, you want to know, when is it happening? When is it coming? You know, as an adult, you want to know, how soon is it going to be finished? You know, what, <clears throat> what's happening when? Lord, all I, if I could know when this was going to be over, if I could know this was going to end in July, I could hold on till July. But I don't know, and you know. So I'm left in the land of trust. The Lord is not waiting for a time. There's something bound up with that time that he is seeking to produce in the heart of his instrument. I love that. It's T. Austin Sparks. There's something bound up with that time that he is seeking to produce in the heart of his instrument, that which is in his own heart, so that it can at once cry with his heart. This is what God knows, is that it takes a process of time to get our heart lined up with him. He talks about wanting things to happen. But when the Lord's time comes, how we know it in our hearts, I think we all know something about this. Oh, how we have cried, I love this, and groaned and agonized and striven and done all that we could do to get God to do certain things. I read this and I thought, man, that, every one of those things. Lord, trying to persuade the Lord to do something sooner and, <laughs> and do it my way, but his time has not come. We have been tested in faith and we have come at length to the place where we definitely and strongly stand with God for that thing and hold on and then God's time comes, and we know in our hearts that our hearts are one with His. I love it that God is able to endure with patience a people that groan and cry and strive and don't quit on them, but give mercy and extend more mercy because that's what we need. We'll close here in Isaiah 25. This is a fantastic passage. <clears throat> there is... There are so many lessons that we don't have to go through that we can, we can get what the Lord has for us sooner when we pause, when we can step back, when we can say, Lord, in a situation, I have, I've recognized that I've been just striving in this situation and that I haven't been trusting. And Lord, maybe, maybe you are just at a point where you say, Lord, I recognize this. Maybe you can't say in a situation, there's situations around us for kids that who wouldn't change them right now? Who wouldn't, who wouldn't say, Lord, 
you know, I'd like Renee and Amber to not have another day of, of this sort of pain. It doesn't seem right. Why does it need to continue? We'd like to change it right now, you know? There's not, when is too soon? There isn't too soon. Well, Lord, you obviously know something I don't know. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, okay, I trust your work. And, you, and sometimes you just have to speak that, even if you don't ha aren't there yet. But I believe what you have to start doing is you have to say, Lord, I'm not in a place of patient trust, but I want to get there. Right. I, I want to get there, Lord. And just having the heart that can stop and ask for help. Sometimes that's all that you can do to say, Lord, I busted it once again today, but you know what? I'm not going to just crash in my bed and be frustrated. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm a failure because you designed it that way. Help me. Lord, you know, I know my unbelief. Help my unbelief. I don't want to stay in this condition. I want to have a heart that is turning. Thank you, Lord. You're still working with me. Give me help tomorrow. I'm going to get victory on this one of these days. Thank you, Lord, that you haven't quit on me. Isaiah 25, 8. He will swallow up death and victory, and the Lord God will wipe every tears from off of all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off of all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. This is the end game. And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Amen. Amen. Very clear. Uh, this, uh, I was thinking, I wanted to read uh, T. Austin too, because um, one of the things he says one of the things he says is that we have to see as we're going forward and this is really a going forward message you know, of, you know be thankful that, that you know he's coming and this thing of unbelief is central too as a, as a negative thing. But Sparks says this, all the evidence of God's help is an objective reality. Reality. It's like math. The sun will be up tomorrow uh, when they're talking about your, uh, the, the mercy coming your way. As long as the sun shines, he will be under my favor. And so you have to know the absoluteness of God. That, that is the, the, the great thing of this. The, the difficulty, and he said this very well, the soul is the deal. Will my soul stay under? Now, and the, the second point, now, the objective thing is God. That's math. That's going to happen. It's happening. Uh, we see it every day. Uh, we don't know exactly how the melt's going to be out here, but we know that uh, there's a melt coming, okay? But what isn't clear is how we're going to respond along the way. And the danger is, when you do this right, and, uh, and there's so many, this, we, we have to be careful of the, of the enemy joining us in the process, and, may, and we feel good. 
Uh, I've told uh, Vicky, uh, who's uh, involved with uh, the Zoom, everybody that speaks is wonderful. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, I've never heard anything. What a word, what a word. And I said to Vicky, when, when the girls prepare a turkey, they baste it, grease it, get the oven ready, and it's going to the oven. Quit basting the turkeys. None of us can do this. You are not able, you are nothing, a, a, a bad tissue in a hurricane without God. And, and some of us have proven the failure part. I think God kept me around to say, I didn't do it right. I spent more time thinking about the urgency. And the danger of you is you have to start over again until you understand he did it. Because you will like to take credit. Right? When you get a paper that says, excellent job, wonderful, you know, you say, well, you're kind of happy. When I got, when I got a perfect paper of semantics, I wanted to run the moon to know. They'd say, how'd you do, how'd you do? Because I was the oldest guy in the class. There were all these young students. And uh, when I got my paper, it was like, it's in me. But the natural thing is, is fine. But you have to see in the spirit, your brains, your natural ability, your gift is not going to get you to the place where you go cross after cross after cross. And please understand, this is T. Austin Sparks. He had to say it somewhere in his 70s. You must know, regardless of the, of the blessing, regardless of the fruit, that you didn't do it. Can you imagine uh, Billy Graham with, with uh, thousands of people coming forward? I used to, people say, listen, they, some of these people grab onto the sides. They can't, they have to hold themselves. And I said, oh, that's a lot of religious baloney. But I, I went to, I saw one of his services and I saw more than one. But it's true. When the Holy Spirit begins to compel, the anointing of God is on him. And that anointing is heaven. When it's not there, you miss it. This was a, a, a wonderful service tonight, so I'm going to shut up and not one. Uh, the, 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 the praise was there. Was it not? Yes. Was it anger? There wasn't a saving of that. And, and the, the choice of songs. And this is a very vital, vital word for it was filled. Thank you so much. Bow your heads. Children. The reason we close our eyes, yeah, you two do close your eyes, honey, we're in the presence of the Lord. Father, thank you for your constant care and for the word that draws us closer to you. We thank you for the overwhelming help Give us an understanding that we will be in need until you say,
well done, my good and faithful servant. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.